all these little AI creatures he creates comes marching out. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business, lessons we've learned, and share ideas and support that get us all through the day. Sometimes, we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to The Creative Shit Show. All right. All right. Did you guys, did anybody get a chance to look at that video that I sent? Yeah, I watched it. No, I haven't yet. Sorry. He doesn't care about what anybody's (laughs) doing today except himself. (laughs) Hey, do you want to be honest? I was already putting some, you know, I was working on a canvas earlier on a little diagram. What is that? It's actually a, a diagram that my therapist gave me to focus when I'm stressed out. And I was like, you know what? I need, I promised I was going to put some paint to a canvas. And I was like, I'm going to start here. Did you do it? I just flashed it. I didn't see it. <laughs> he just flashed right. you, Karen. Well, it's hard because it looks like sperm. That's what I'm, she not, said. I'm not done with it, but it's like, a, it's, it's basically, it's about yellow energy. And so you have this positive energy that you're like. Hold you're, it up again. No, fuck you. You're going to do something weird to it. No, I'm not. I, I want to see it. You go too so I have to do. I'm going to do a bunch of backup work and like clean it up. But basically like the green energy is like, you're so confident in yourself. It's your ego. And like, you're always answering questions that no one wants to know. Right. The red <laughs> is like, you're kind of toxic shame circles. Like you just kind of, you beat yourself up and the, and so I've, I've tend to go on these two extremes. And so she's like, when you're in the yellow space, what you do, it doesn't mean these two things are not valid, but you need to ask questions first. So if you can stay here and ask questions, and this is almost like a, I have to, I have to add a ton of stuff to like little dial. It's just like, we, cool. we should be, we should be in between the two sperm heads um, as we're. Uh... <laughs> so it, what, oh what, we're recording this? Oops. What if you had I took a picture of it too? So like, the red and the green like merging to orange at the top because that's where it starts to get um, some. That is where you're kind of. I'm just thinking. No, I like it. Like she basically, what I did is I redid, recreated her picture, and now I, Karen, I think that's a really good input. Now I want to like redo it, and actually, that's just like acrylic. I want to do it like an actually watercolor and kind of blend right. it together because what she talked about, which is something that I really appreciate is that um in areas when, when i'm activated i get i get really dualistic i get really black and white and we really need to be in the grays when you're to stay curious um and so that's what i'm working on it's harder when you get older oh yeah and when i think i'm right which is like always <laughs> i mean with high, the as an enneagram three i'm pretty much convinced i'm always right um, I mean, it takes one to know one. I'm just, I'm yeah. picking on you, but I'm picking on myself too. I got fingers pointing back at me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, oh my you God, know, what are we talking about today? Well, first of all, I just want to say it's so good to be with you guys. I'm excited about this episode. And I just want to start with, I wrote up a little intro. Are you ready for it? We're ready. Let's, Let's go do for it. it. All right. In fact, I was, I should have, in hindsight, I should have recorded this with an AI voice, but I didn't. <laughs> So and I'm, not even try to, I'm not even going to try to sound like it. But hey, in today's episode, we are diving into a topic that I know we've all talked about before, and I believe it's been on everyone's mind, at least it should have been at some point, and that is AI. It seems to me like AI is making waves across every industry. I don't know about you guys, but almost every hour, I feel like something new is coming out or some, someone on my team is sharing with me a new... Um, you know, software or app that is, it feels like it's just changing the landscape in general for business, but especially in creative from AI generated, AI generated artwork to logos, to automated content. I mean, there's no doubt that AI is shaking things up. And so I just think just to put it really simply as we kind of approach this, the genie's out of the bottle, there's no going back. So I want to invite everyone today to delve in with us to talk about this intriguing world of AI and creativity We'll talk about some capabilities, limitations, 
how we've used it, how we haven't used it, and just really talk about even some ethical considerations in the creative realm. So to get us going, how are y'all showing up today on this topic? Are you excited? Are you skeptical in between? Like, where are you at? I'm curious. I think that I think that there's a lot to learn. It's all coming at us really fast and I'm open to it. I'm curious. I don't know if I'm skeptical because I tend to um, embrace new stuff pretty easily. I'm just super curious. Vaughn, what about you? I went to Adobe Max this year and basically if they had a theme, they don't really have themes, but this year I think they could be categorized as having the theme of AI and it being worked into everything, most of their their main stream products that are probably the most popular ones, Photoshop, Illustrator. Um, it, it's interesting because when they revealed it in one of the, the keynotes I attended, um, I don't for me, I just felt a bit unsettled because I thought they were uh, rushing into it and haven't really thought it out. The only thing they've thought out really well, and I'll give them credit for this, is unlike all the other platforms that scrape uh, from resources they really don't have permission to use, Adobe took the same algorithm, and this is specifically for Illustrator. I don't know about Photoshop. Um, and they applied it to their own system, their own backend system. So they've done their due diligence. It only scrapes from images that people have opted in who upload their content, whether it's photographic or otherwise, to Adobe uh, stock. And if they've opted in, then those images can be used in their algorithm. Um, if they haven't, then it won't. And if their algorithm screws up, they've even set up an identification. I always get, I get George Bushy when I try to say this identification. Identification. Um, Yes. So when, if somebody runs into a legal issue, it's uh, on Adobe and they'll take care of it and resolve it. So I thought in that respect, they've done a good job, but it still all comes down to being derivative in my opinion. Okay. Hold on one second. Before Jamie answers, I want you to answer the question I asked you, which is how are you showing up today? How do you feel about AI right now? <laughs> Give me a, you're, you're, you're like scared because it's going to turn in Terminator or you're interested or no way. How do you feel? Well, just in respect to our industry, I'm a little bit skeptical, um, skeptical in terms of there, there's so many different companies that are using AI now and they're all competing for the same marketplace. And I'm just curious to see how it shakes down and who ends up being the leaders in that in that category. So unsure, I guess, is how I would sum it up. Jamie, how about you? I've been skeptical from the beginning. I've talked about it multiple times. I mean, that's partly my personality is just I like to kind of like weighed in but um i also just get i can't help it because i'm I'm always thinking of like what could go wrong um i don't know if that's like a good part of my personality or not but i we've all seen enough sci-fi like movies and tv to know like you know machine thinking is a little bit terrifying to me you know and i know those are extreme examples um but I mean, it is thinking, you know, for itself in, in, in many different ways. And, you know, we can touch on it more later, but I just, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned with how, how quickly so many have embraced it and over embraced it, in my opinion, almost now becoming reliant on it. Yeah. And, and Vaughn, you know, I was just picking on you a little bit there because I think, you know, I did a, we did a little LinkedIn poll. And I found it interesting. Um, I actually thought more people would say I love it. So 46% of the people that took the poll said they loved it, use it every day. 41% said they're dabbling in it. And about 13% said, no way, keep it away. And that was gone posting. <laughs> you know, that was gone constantly. No, 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 no. With all my, these different email yeah. addresses. Finger no, on the trigger. I, the, reason I, the, the reason I say that is because, Vaughn, I think you're, we're going to dig into this more for sure. I think your answer and about Adobe is is interesting and fascinating. And, you know, 
for our listeners, Vaughn shared some of his feelings. Actually, I think live, he was live texting us um, at the time, which was really cool. And I think what's really interesting, because we talk about this at, at Rule 29 is, you know, we want to be aware of it and make sure that we don't get passed by in it. And it feels overwhelming uh, at times. And so, um, so with that, I mean, what are your, you know, what are your biggest excitements about AI? Go for it, Jamie. <laughs> okay. Um, I mostly use Grammarly Go, you know, that that's like my jam. Um, anything that Grammarly comes up with, I, I get to be behind the scenes as an ambassador and I get to see how much thought goes into the product uh, development and how much care they take and how many users are contributing to feedback on a daily basis and how quickly they actually implement those changes. So I, I like knowing that there's somebody that's listening to user feedback and adjusting, you know, based on weird um, anomalies that are, you know, that people are finding or just weird random comment uh, uh, content that's being regurgitated back. So um, I mostly use that and it's super fun. I, the way I usually use it is not necessarily to write, but it's either to come up with some, to help me enhance the writing I've already written um, and you have to know how to prompt it to do that, you, you know, because if you just say, oh, make this more engaging, you're going to sound like a carnival barker. Um, you know, <laughs> it's always like, hey, step right up, you know, and then the CTAs are super weird, too. I like using it mostly for uh, shortening or condensing my writing so I can get kind of wordy like I am right now um, in writing. And um, I just I really like it because it is good at parsing the good. Um, and, and helping you get to the point. So one of the things I like to ask it is just, you know, make improvements or suggest improvements. And it'll give me like three things that I could do better on in the writing that I'm asking it for. So it could come back and say, uh, go ahead and compare these two topics or talk about this a little bit more or add a fact in here to make it more interesting for the reader. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, I love cooking. I saw somebody the other day is actually using it to put in their food allergies and ask for recipes based on their food allergies. And I was like, so they're using it for full blown meal planning. And I was like, okay, that is so smart with my poultry allergy. I of course dove right in and I was like, this is awesome. So I do, I do like it in that. You're allergic to poultry. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> that, that's all I, I get from I'll what you said. You're allergic to poultry. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I think I know that about you, Jamie, but every time you say it, I'm still surprised. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen travels with me the most, so she has to hear the freaking speech at the beginning of every meal where I, I say to the server, like, can you ask the chef? But, you know, like I have to go through the whole thing, but. You know, Vaughn doesn't listen to me and, you know, <laughs> no, Vaughn's over there talking about something else at the end of the table, you know. So. <laughs> so that's funny. That's funny you say that because I was going, wait a minute, I, I ate with her. I don't remember her having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, you aren't listening at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Justin, we, I'd like to go back to you and see what, because I know this is a real big topic for you. Oh, yeah. What, how do you feel about AI? And then, and so what's the excitement around it? I'll just tell you, I, I'm super excited about it. I, I would say that, you know, I'm just the early adopter kind of person anyways. Like I was the guy that waited in line for the iPhones, right? right. Um, Me too. And, and I was really excited to try it and, and, and it's kind of ebbed and flowed, right? Like um, started, you know, trying it and it just felt kind of lame. And then, um, you know, things improved, improved. And I, I signed up for a couple of newsletters that, you know, we can put in our show notes and share here. Like Superhuman is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, they um, give great tidbits. Like, for example, um, I use chat a lot. And to Jamie's point, at times when I write, I, I'll get into zone and I'll just like write and I won't always be concerned about tenses, right? Or even really overly concerned about spelling because it's just if I'm inspired, I'll just start cranking out. And so through super, through uh, Superhuman and a couple other newsletters I read, I'll take and copy and paste these prompts that they have that are really great just for everyday 
you know, Jamie, I think, you know, you talked about the prompt that you were using for cleanup. So I have that written for me. It's on my desktop and it, I copy and paste it into chat and it says proofread my writing below, fix grammar and spelling mistakes, right? It's really simple, but it goes and, and I even have one talking about tenses and everything else. So I, I've come to really love it. And I got to the point where, I don't know, midsummer, I was super burned out. Like, you know, uh, I shared with you guys a doc that Rule 29 has been keeping of things that we've tried and even put them in categories like ideation, creativity, writing, whatever. And so I've been really digging it. And I can also see some of the dangers that I know we'll talk about um, later in this episode. But I think that for the most part, it's really helped me explore um, Jamie, I think you appreciate the other day I was trying to put these two paragraphs together and I, and I, and I was just like struggling. I kept getting caught on it. So I, I rewrote it and then I asked it to do it. I didn't like what it did, but I, it, it gave me, it unlocked some of the things. So it, it's almost like ideation, right? I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I, I, I don't believe I've ever done anything and I've just used it as it was. Um, yeah, no, because it, it you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And quite honestly, and I know we'll talk about this, but you also have to make sure that, you know, you're fact checking it. Right. And and everything's accurate, but yeah. So that's the, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I'm trying to incorporate things in our workflow that are efficient. Right. So I'll try something for a little while. And if if it's kind of messed up, you know, I'll come back to it and Mm -hmm. um, get rid of it and try something new. How about you, Karen? Like you, I'm very much an early adopter of new technology. It's like I'm constantly trying out new new apps and whatever. And I find that it's amazing for brainstorming and ideation. Even though Jamie and I are working together all the time, we're talking all the time, I'm still sitting in my office solo. And if I have to try to, you know, work through something and sometimes I'm just stuck or sometimes my brain is just kind of empty because I've, I'm exhausted. So I can go in and start brainstorming and researching with prompts. And it's instantly like it just starts feeding my brain. It's really cool. And then from a visual perspective, I've played around with it only a little bit. But I think it's really amazing for creative inspiration. And I've also, I haven't done it yet, but I think that I will use it for a reference tool. You know, if you're illustrating something and you need, and you, you need to look for reference in the, you know, in the old days, you'd start searching for images online, still images online, where now you can go in to AI and give it a prompt as to what type of setting you want to ultimately illustrate and it'll provide it for you. And then I could use that as reference for an original illustration. So I think that there's so many possibilities. I'm really super excited about it. I really honestly wish we had a younger person or two on this call, because I'd be very interested into what they think about it. And, you know, we can talk about that more later. But, you know, I know, we're all using it based on 30 years of experience, or plus years of experience in an industry that we know, like the back of our hand without thinking that hard about things. And, you know, we take all of that for granted, but I'd be very, very curious as to what people coming out of school, people with, you know, less than 10 years of experience in the industry, how they're using it. So that's something that I'd like to. It, yeah. Just out of curiosity, when you, were talking, when you were talking about your career, did you say plus plus or just one plus? <laughs> <laughs> Plus, 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 probably. <laughs> well, I, before we go to Vaughn's answer, I just want to say there's no way this is the last time we're talking about AI on the show. No. So I think no, we'll definitely true. put together some future episodes where we talk to a variety of people. But Vaughn, how, how are you feeling about this question? Much like uh, Karen said, I 
I won't, I won't touch on the reference part because I do use that in my workflow, but I'll save that for the other question coming up. But I use um, AI chat GPT specifically to kind of give me a list of, for example, I just did this yesterday. Give me a list of 40 words that have the word S-O-L-E in it because it relates to the topic I was working on. And it, before AI, I would use, I have an actual, it's called a conceptual thesaurus. And I can look up a word and it gives me all these other words that conceptually mean the same thing. And I'd use it for ideation. And it's a lot faster just typing in the same uh, core premise or and and getting something back immediately. So or I'll write a description. Um, I always run it through Grammarly. So I don't know if their regular service uses AI. I'm assuming it does on some degree. Uh, so I love that. But then I'll take it, copy and paste it into ChatGPT and say something like, make this text more sophisticated. It doesn't always get it perfect, but it gives me something that I can finesse and tweak and work with. And um, other than that, I also use ChatGPT to kind of double check my own thinking. So if I'm trying to develop a list of keywords based off of a topic or theme I'm working on, um, I'll do that myself. And then I'll just give that same topic or theme to ChatGPT and say, give me a list of um, associated words that go with this just to kind of double check my own thinking. And uh, many times it'll bring stuff up that I didn't make an association with. And so in that respect, it, I really like it for ideation aspects. Yeah, I, I dig that uh, as well. So when we're, we're talking about ideation, is there other areas you use it currently either in your everyday life or other parts of your business? Like I know we talked a little bit about editing, Karen, you talked about maybe, you know, image ideation. Um, you know, uh, I use it a lot for sales. Actually, uh, there's um, some great um, apps out there that uh, I've been using to help generate, um, like I use Apollo to help generate um, lists for potential clients. You can put in a ton of really segmented data if you know your buy buying personas and it generates a list for you it, it and it and it's like 90 percent accurate it's kind of insane that's been really fascinating for us and then um i use you know uh, a couple different programs as well but but do you guys use it for other parts of the business I can't say that we are using it for other parts of the business yet. I know we use um, Asana, and I think that they've started to implement AI into it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really used it yet. And I know Notion does as well, and we use Notion all the time. And if anything, I use Notion a lot for the ideation. But I also find that, you know, you can go down a rabbit hole so easy. And mm -hmm. if all these different apps are coming out with all these new solutions, it's very easy to waste time searching for solutions when you already feel pretty darn comfortable with what you're doing. Even though I'm a new adopter, I have to, I find that I have to really catch myself and say, wait a minute, I've got a good system. Stop searching. I mean, it's a very, it's a very easy rabbit hole to go down when you see, oh, AI, it's like shiny object. Ooh, what can this do? So I have to make a, a real mental, you know, I have to tell myself, don't go there, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's too easy to do. And time is mm -hmm. too valuable. And there mm -hmm. is a point where you have to say, we know what works. But I have to tell you, I have not looked at it for sales. And I want to hear more about that, Justin. When, you know, I think that's amazing. I, I think you're completely right. I've spent days at times getting lost into the rabbit hole when I didn't have that time to give. Right. Uh, you know, I think from a sort of productivity standpoint, um, we have been trying different things like Reloom and Framer on the website because it can generate uh, sitemaps really 
uh, easily. And I'm, I'm, I'm a neophyte in there. We've only tried it once. So I'm not going to say that it's good or bad. I, I just think like we're looking for different ways to make our process not just quicker, but smarter. Uh, yeah, smarter. And also push us to think outside the box. I don't know about you guys. Like, if, you know, if we're doing, there might be a week where we're doing a couple website site maps or wireframes and it feels like, gosh, I'm, I'm just getting caught into, you know, current trends or I f- almost feel like I'm repeating, you know, things. And it's, it's nice to go and, you know, sort of how we use chat, right. It, and to get just other ideas um, to promote and push more curiosity and thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested in those too. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, thinking about it, giving you back different layouts that you might not have thought of or, or a different way of looking at the content that you're inputting that you might not have thought of. That's a, that's a, it's a really good use of that tool. Kind of going off of what Karen was saying about uh, reference purposes is there's times when I'm searching for something that's super specific and it's like I do Google searches and it brings up images, but it's like, I can't find the exact, well, real world case this week. I can't really get too specific with it since there's an NDA behind it, but um, I'm doing packaging. They have certain animals they want on the packaging that I have to create. Uh, One of them's a moose and I have to simplify it into a graphic and I've never done that with a moose and I'm going, I know they're kind of goofy looking. I need to see what a moose's nose looks like straight on. And Mm -hmm. I, and I, I was having a hard time finding anything. I went off of a photograph, but it wasn't perfectly straight on. It was kind of, its head was down like this. And so the way we I drew it, I thought I guess that looks okay for a moose. And <laughs> they come they come back saying, uh, "Is there any way you can make that nose less phallic looking?" <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I so I I used AI to, to get better reference. But the only thing I have to say about that is you you need to double check. Okay, is this really accurate, or is this just AI showing you what it thinks you're going to want? Um, since it's based off of a prompt because, and I'm, I'm always kind of, I don't know, anxious a little bit when I get something that I think will work for reference in AI, because I'm like, but is this really accurate? And it's only been that way for the last month because I read an article about a lawyer who was using AI to search for uh, case records on a certain topic and type something in, it gave her a case record to support her argument for her client. And she used it in court, but she didn't bother to check the source and it didn't exist. It was just fabricated. Yeah, it makes up stuff. Yeah, and wow. and the judge nailed her on it and she got, well, she lost the case and she got uh, kind of fine for uh, doing that. So yeah, I don't completely trust it, Trust, but verify, I guess, is what they say. Yep. I was just picturing what, what prompt you had to put in. Like when you <laughs> oh, like, the- <laughs> make, send me a moose less with a less phallic face or whatever, you know, like. I just, well, I didn't do that. I just said, show me a moose nose straight on from a viewer's point of view, something like that. And it gave me something. And I would say in general, when it comes to image generation, and surprisingly, this this is the area I've spent the least amount of time in. The times I have it, it it is the poorest results I feel in general. Now, not in general. I, I've seen some incredible mid journey and other things that have been created, but when I've used it for a reference, um, oftentimes it it helps me, but it's not great. Kind of like your moose nose. Oh, and by the way, I should point out that. Um, the last episode we did for the podcast, I used that to generate the cover art and it didn't take me that long at all. And I was, I was wondering if that was the you. Like you made it, yeah. you accepted our compliments. You're like, well, hey, don't totally. be cool, Vaughn. That's our favorite cover art you ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically did it in AI so I could say that in knowing this episode is coming up. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Vaughn. Have you 
and I have not done this, but have you prompted one of the visual AIs with a prompt, something like, give me a, you know, share a piece of art with me that looks like something Von Glitchka did? You can do that in Adobe Express, but I haven't tried that yet. Or you can upload your own image and it will generate whatever else ideas you want based off of. It'll analyze your style, basically. I don't think it does that great of a job from what they showed in the keynote at Max, but um, eventually I'll try that. But I haven't done that with, I don't really, I only use chat GPT and Dolly at times to do reference. That's it. I'm totally going to try it. I'm going to try it using Jasper and see what happens. First of all, we should just go on the record and say that we should ask whatever platform we use to generate cover art for the Creative Shit Show via Von Glitschka's style and see what happens. Yeah, totally. I think that would be good. <laughs> well, I know if I you type a in of us sitting here. The, the text to vector feature in AI, if you type in give me a Picasso-styled portrait of whatever, it won't do it. It'll give you a warning, and there has to be some kind of copyright thing with <laughs> Picasso, I oh guess, or, and other things like that. So huh. From the Are grave, we... he's, he's blocking you. <laughs> yeah. well, listen, I have, a, I, I have a serious question here, because I, I had this question come up uh, a week ago, and... Um, and I had it come up differently, you know, earlier last month. So the question, one, both was from a client. One was like, hey, I'm assuming you guys are using AI in your workflow. We'd love to know, like, how are you utilizing it? Because we want to work with an agency that's, that's you know, a bit aware of AI. And then I had another client say, are you using AI to generate our content? And so my question to you all is, have any of your clients asked you if you use AI? And or have you told your client to use AI? No, no one's ever asked me specifically as part of our clear brand strategy if we use AI. Um, and I don't really feel like I use AI for their work. So I don't really feel like I need to volunteer uh, if we use it to edit something down or shorten something. I don't really feel like that's, I'm not putting any proprietary information in there or using client names. You know, if, if I was going to work on it to generate something where I had to input a client name or information about their company or, or products or whatever, I would 100% let the client know because uh, you're now contributing to a system you know, that their competitors also use and you just, that stuff just goes flying around, you know? I had a client bring me something <laughs> that was created using AI and that was weird, but I'll get into that later. Yeah, I say no. No to the fact that I have never had a client ask me that, but also I would not feel the need to tell them if I was. And I feel like it's just another tool and I'm not going to tell them that I use Adobe Creative Suite for all of my graphics and I'm not going to give them a list of my tools. And I feel like AI is just another tool. And honestly, I think the type of clients that we have aren't even really going there mm -hmm. as whether that's not where their head is. Their head is, are they getting effective work from us? Are we an effective partner? They're not thinking about how the work is getting done. No, if it was if it was something that they were questioning the content or visuals on, then they might ask, where did you even get this from? But we don't give them any reason to feel that way. So it's I don't even think it's been on their mind. Agree. Yeah, and, and again, really the, the highlight of that question is I've seen conversations on LinkedIn uh, or people selling hey, you could do this by using AI. And, and I just think that's, that's super dangerous and snake oilsy. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's yeah. a great question. I think that, you know, that goes to the trust that all of our clients have in us as, you know, as creatives and, and what we're delivering. Now, I think that 
that might change with a brand new client that is really up on AI and it might be top of mind for people. And at that point, you know, then you have to decide, is that somebody you want to work with? Somebody that's so focused on AI and things like that and not in the what what really matters in the situation. So that would be my take on it. Yeah, I, I would agree with Karen. And um, when I came back from Adobe Max, I really had to kind of stew on this topic for about a week and figure out, too many people were asking me, well, what do you think about what they added to Illustrator? And and so I, I spent time trying their text to vector. And then I wrote an article showing, trying to recreate designs I had done on my own but use AI to do it. And it, I don't know, maybe I could have written the prompts differently. I mean, but that article got a lot of feedback and I think I got myself disinvited from (laughs) speaking at a conference because there's so many um, quote unquote influencers that as soon as this came out, it's like, you see all these reels, look how great it is. And they're like, but none of them were critical in any way. And there's plenty of room to critique it. And I just found that just irritates me. So I From a felt, marketing perspective, most of those people probably got paid something. To oh, I know they did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, and all just. Yeah. And know, this, <laughs> this year at Adobe Max, they had a lot of influencers there that they brought there because they knew this was going to be a big thing. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of good conversations in that article, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and that's how I found out a guy informed me that, well, the algorithm they plugged into illustrator isn't even, it wasn't even developed by Adobe. It's an open source algorithm. They just plugged it into their own system. So I I'm, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things about AI in terms of ideation. I really like, but in terms of art, it's like, I'm still going to, I mean, the joy comes from the process of coming up with ideas and then executing on those ideas, Um, not typing out a prompt and trying to let, I don't know, code figure out what to do or whatever. I don't know. So I think it's, in a certain way, I feel it's wrongheaded for the creative process to buy into it so much. And I find it interesting that the copyright office is so concerned about it. They released a video that explained how they're going to approach copyright in terms of AI. And basically the rule from the copyright office is if you have to disclose in any way, if AI was used, show them what AI created, and then you have to show them what you did to it to change it or alter it or improve it or whatever. And then they're going to make a case by case decision if there's enough original creative expression to grant a copyright. And so I just, that makes me think that these large ad ad agencies who hire creatives like myself, they're going to have to start putting in clauses in the contracts like that prohibit any use of AI, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, just to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And I know that's been a big, with the Screen Actors Guild, that was a huge part of their contracts. I don't know all the details, but I do know that that was a big part of their contracts. The fear of the studios using AI and bypassing them. And yeah, the actors, how- you know, they were using their faces and, and yes. using their voices without really permission and basically getting them to sign these outrageous contracts that say, oh, we worked with you once for voiceover. And now that we have your voice, we can create X number of infinite things with your voice and your face. And they're like, no, that's yeah. insane. I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, I'm watching uh, For All Mankind. I finally got into it, you guys. And, yes. And, so good. And there's all this AI in there, though. I mean, they're literally taking Reagan's face, President Reagan's face, and 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 voice, and remixing it. And, and he's saying things he never said before. And it is crazy fascinating. And I'm thinking, there had to be permissions put in place by his family and the conservators of his estate and whatever to be able to allow this to go on, right? Or else people would just take President Reagan's face and voice and make him say crazy shit all the time. And I I mean, I'm blown away by the amount of AI that's being used in that show to generate old news clips and 
things that don't exist, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, you know, back in 2013, there is a movie that came out called the Congress and Robin Wright, the, the actress who played like the princess oh, yeah, like and her. the princess yeah. bride, mm -hmm. she played the main role and it was all about she, but in the movie, she plays the role of this actress. It's really hard to work with. So the studio uh, approaches her to buy out her image so they can digitize it and use it however they want. It's almost like the argument that was part of the whole Screen Actors Guild thing, which I think is a little ironic, but it's the it's the same premise that the actors are concerned about. It's a good movie too. Well, I wanted to throw just one little topic out to you guys, you know, because I, I want to, you know, kind of end on the like the hope in the future for AI as you see it like today, right? But, you know, one of the things that we're working on, I was sharing with you guys that we kind of experiment with different platforms. So, you know, we're doing a, a website on Figma right now, right? And we're going to basically be able to um, open up the file in an AI program called Framer. Mm -hmm. And it's going to theoretically dev the whole site. And that's crazy. And you know, I know we've I know we've been kind of talking about this for a while. You know, remember when InDesign tried to come out where you could publish a file and it'd be a website or whatever else. But this platform, and again, I'm I'm not giving it five stars or zero stars. We haven't actually done it yet, but uh, we're actually doing it with one of our dev partners because they're fascinated by it. They want to see, you know, what kind of code will it generate. You know, will it be a stable site? You know, we're obviously designing it to have at least single ADA compliance. And so we just want to understand, you know, how solid this technology is right now. And so when you hear stuff like that, do you, does that um, excite you, you know, as possibilities for maybe smaller projects? Or does that concern you? Because, you know, um, I know none of us are actually necessarily coding sites from, you know, scratch. What what hits you when I share that story with you? Is that something that um, is interesting or, or scary? I think it's something that's interesting and I would want to test it out. I do do some, I do do, I do do some coding <laughs> and. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I'm sorry. God, I'm like such a sucker for poop jokes. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I hence the, hence to, the name of our show. I had to give that to I you. Do, do. <laughs> um, so I would be very curious as to what kind of code it made. And, and Jamie and I are also using Figma and, and I'm be very curious what kind of code the recent designs that we just did would make. I mean, ultimately it's that again, that type of stuff. I feel like you got to test it out. See, maybe it'd be kind of cool for a small site, but there's already so many small sites that have super stable background solutions other mm -hmm. than WordPress. So uh, it's like, is it a yet another shiny object? That's yeah. where that's where my head would go. There's been a lot of apps that allow you to just design like you would traditionally do it and port out websites, but you know, coders always would get bent out of shape because they'd say it's not clean code and all this kind of stuff. Like Go Live, Dreamweaver, Muse. I remember when Muse came out, mm -hmm. it actually worked really easy. And then they killed it off, of course, for whatever Muse reason. Muse was but cool. I remember Yeah, that. I like mm -hmm. Muse. Probably got in trouble. <laughs> so I, I, I think that's a, a smart way to do it. I mean, why wouldn't that be a... I mean, it might make web coders kind of threaten, but... Other than that, it's a legit workflow. Well, also, I would say, you know, Karen does some coding, but we would have, you know, a lot of times we like to do the content and design and branding, and then we sort of, you know, hand it over to a development partner or bring in a development partner or whatever. And I'm happy to do that because I, I you know, I like working with people generally, but selfishly, you know, if we were able to, do that and drop that Karen's designs and our content into, you know, some kind of app that would do the development for us. I mean, and you could keep all that cash flow in house. It's like, I would, I just, it would yeah. be an interesting thought to consider, but I still think just like everything else, you would have to have a human looking it over who knows what they're doing, 
who's somewhat expert at it, honestly, and and to touch it and, and make sure that in the end, it is what you want it to be. I do not think that AI can replace human interaction ever fully. That's, I mean, I believe that with my whole heart because it's not human. It doesn't have empathy. It doesn't feel, you know, and it doesn't know good taste, bad taste, quality, you know, crap. It just spits something out, you know, and there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. So Wouldn't it be weird I if I just... Replace human. If I just popped off my face right now and I look like those those robots from like the six million dollar man. That would be hilarious. First of all, that's the prompt for, for the AI generator right there, Vaughn. That should be the show notes. <laughs> Jamie, I think you know anyone who's written about AI, and I know we've all talked about this. I, I think you hit on one of the key elements. Uh, I was at a um, my alma mater about three weeks ago talking to young creatives starting uh, getting ready to graduate and start their career and they they were freaked out about AI right um, I and I, I, I told them I was like here are the things that I believe there's this human element that we can uniquely bring to every interaction whether it's checking tone emotion empathy you know the things that we can uniquely bring to the projects that AI can't and I was sharing with them don't bury your head in the sand, like be aware of what's out there and learn enough about it. So you understand how you can bring your uniqueness to it, to make it really mm-hmm. uh, an impactful tool to what you were saying, Karen. And I, and I look at, I look at that and, and yes, are there some parts of our business that, that might be impacted, like our developing friends uh, for sure. Maybe at times, even some of our editors, you know, there's no doubt that there's some things that you can do to, um, be more efficient in those areas mm-hmm. and it can't it can't take place of of who we are as individuals so that's the at least that's how i sleep well at night i don't know if that is aligned with what you guys are thinking yeah me too yeah i, I think d- i so. definitely agree yeah i think that just like we've kind of always said there are going to be plenty of people that are going to use ai to design in the future but AI isn't going to sell your work. AI isn't going to sell strategy. AI isn't going to understand the business side of things in the same way Mm -hmm. that we all can. So I think that it's so important to grow as a designer and a writer and go beyond the creative side and really start thinking more and more about your value on the strategy side. And that's like what that. make people, that's what's going to keep you in the game. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to do that. I mean, I, I feel like you, AI, you're right. AI is not relationship oriented, right? Like we said earlier, when Justin made fun of me, I mean, you get out of it, what you put into it. You're just like, it's literally just like an output machine, right? It's not really, you know, it's right. just putting out stuff, you know, or whatever. And it's not even correct half the time. So, you know, it feels to me, that if the now is the time, I, I think if you want to compete, you can compete against AI and show show your clients that you're more competent and more aware and more into their business than ever before and, and be more human than ever before. This is like your opportunity to really show, it's weird to say out loud, but your human side, your, your, right. you know, who you are as a human and and take the temptation away from them. You know, I, and I was going to, yeah, a second, just tell this story. It was actually kind of funny, but a um, client asked me to write an email for them. They were going to send out an email blast and I, um, and I told them I needed a minute and they were just hot. They just needed to get it out or whatever. And I said, but if you write something, just send it over to me and I'll edit it. I'll look at it and make sure it's in the, the president's, you know, tone and voice that you want it to go out from. And they sent it back to me. And I was like, Oh, I mean, it looked like a robot wrote it. It it sounded like a robot wrote it. It read like AI. And I, but for one second, you don't want to just be like, did you have AI write this? And then they're like, no, I wrote it. (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) that person, you know, because you're just like, uh, so I just kind of, you know, you said, I showed my value. I rewrote it completely, right? I mean, it, I didn't want to. I didn't have time to do that, but I went ahead and I, I, I demonstrated 
the value of my work. And I sent it back over to her and she says, God, this is so much better. I put this into chat GPT and got that. And I was like, Oh, thank God. And I told her we had a good laugh about it. You know, I was like, I hope it wasn't your writing, but the, the point is, you know, you're valuable even when you're, even when you're busy, you know, you're valuable even when they can't reach you, you make, it makes you more valuable when they see the crap that it puts out, you know, and the, and the quick turn that it puts out. And those emails generated a ton of traffic for that client. So it turned out to be pretty lucrative. And I felt like I was more trying to show I was better than AI than writing, you know what I mean? At writing that and sending it back to her and I was proud of the results. So, you know, that's my example of that. I can't help but think of Blade Runner when it comes to AI. I mean, the Tyrell Corporation had a slogan in the movie that more human than human, you know, but <laughs> when uh, uh, Daryl Hannah's character shows up at one of the scientists' office and he's responsible for, I forget what part of creating uh, creating these um, basically artificial intelligence beings. He mm -hmm. takes her to his apartment and when he gets home, you know, all these little AI creatures he creates comes like marching out home again, home again, jiggity jig. And do you remember that scene? It's like my my wife would always get irritated with me because every time we get home from somewhere, I do home again, home again, chickety chick, you knock it off. I was about to beg you to do that again, and you just went right into it. That is fantastic. That has to be the sound bite for the show right there. He even did a little dance, so hopefully you caught that. So we can, so every week we'll just catch one of us dancing. Yeah. That's good. Well, you know, you guys, it's so great to be doing this with you and, you know, be just walking the journey together in, in our industry. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll do another episode. I think to Karen's point, uh, let's bring in some other creatives that uh, are, you know, just transparently younger than us or, or, or you know, different types of fields. And, and I have uh, some experts all lined up for us to talk about in the near future. So. Can't wait to explore that with you all. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, great job. This is a great, um, you know, just kind of entree vu into AI all in. It's good. Uh, okay, Vaughn, as we as we kind of exit the show, you want to you wanna give it <laughs> one more time so we can leave? Come on. Home again, home again. Jiggity jig. <laughs> <laughs> and that. I can't believe you guys don't remember that scene in the movie. I remember I it. I just want you to keep saying it. I just enjoy <laughs> you, you saying it. Oh, we just crushed that one. There you Killed go. It. Great job, guys. Good show, y'all.